Hello, I'm Janet Davis, and welcome to Food Plus Freedom, a solution-based podcast and website for freedom-loving people, where you get solutions about food, buying supplies, and finding freedom for your family without always being dependent on big government, big business, or big agriculture. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Plus, visit our website at foodplusfreedom.com for more podcast articles, and don't forget to sign up for our free e-newsletter. You can find us on social media, both Twitter and Truth Social, at Food Plus Freedom. Podbean, we're at foodplusfreedom.podbean.com. And on Telegram, telegram.t.me slash food underscore plus underscore freedom. Today is October 5th, 2023. This is episode nine. It is sixth part of seven of our series, Mindset and Knowledge. Today, the topic is time of abundance and deficiency, how you look at it and how you think about it. Don't forget to stay until the end for our tip of the day. Now on with the show. Sometimes we have abundance, and sometimes we have deficiencies in our life. But what happens when we perceive our abundance and our deficiencies in the opposite manner than reality? It's possible. For instance, food. Have you ever eaten rabbit? It is absolutely delicious. It's tasty. It's a white meat. Wild rabbit versus raising rabbit for meat is a little bit different in their taste, texture, and coloring, but it it's a good meat. It's not very high in carbohydrates. It does have a high concentrate of vitamin B12. It's rich in vitamin E. It has no vitamin A, no vitamin D, and no vitamin C, but it does have a lot of vitamin B's. So you might think, this is a pretty good animal to eat. Well, there's also something called rabbit starvation. And no, it's not when a rabbit is starving. It is when a human eats rabbit so much or has rabbit as a large part of their diet, they literally starve to death because their body doesn't have the right nutrients, even though that their belly is full. The rabbit, to eat it as a protein and not have any other fats, doesn't have enough fat to aid in your thinking and your ability to survive. So even though you may think you have an abundance because you have lots of rabbit, and there's wild rabbit probably everywhere if you search hard enough for them, but If all you eat is a rabbit, you're going to have a deficiency. Now, most people don't eat just rabbit or one food, but it's a good way to look at it as if you think you have a lot of something, it may not always be the right thing that you need to have. Let's look at our produce that you eat, hopefully every day. A carrot or cabbage, an apple an orange, some watermelon, a zucchini. All are very good for our bodies, 
But if you would compare them to their counterpart of a decade or more ago, they don't have the same nutritional value as they once did. Why? Because our soil has been depleted from its resources. The main issue is that with all the modern intensive agricultural growing and monoculture and pesticides and GMOs, we have literally stripped the amount of nutrients in the soil. They say in the name of having more food, they need synthetic pesticides and GMOs, but more food doesn't make it so we have more nutrients. So even though there's a lot more food that you may see, the nutrient level is lower. So even though we have abundance, once again, we have deficiencies. Another area in our food is junk food. You can't go through a grocery store aisle without seeing processed food. A lot of the processed food looks like it's healthy in the sense of you're getting your correct nutrient value, but it's processed with chemicals and synthetic words that I can't pronounce. So they're not natural. Even your milk, if you compare raw milk to pasteurized milk, it's not even the same food. Pasteurized milk is fortified with vitamin D. Fortified, that means they added it to the vitamin D. And you've lost all your good bacteria because of the pasteurization process. So in every part of our grocery store, anything that is processed might look abundant, but it definitely has deficiencies. When you look at your supplies, do you ever look at them and say, hmm, I think I need more? Better yet, when you look at your toilet paper supply and you're down to the last roll, do you think, oh, I would run into the store right now and get some more before I run out, or do you have more stashed someplace else? During the run on toilet paper, people made the choice that toilet paper was one of the most important supply they needed. And it got so crazy, you could only go to the store and buy one package at a time of toilet paper. In reality, when everybody was doing a run on toilet paper and they thought that they had a deficiency, they really had an abundance. People talked later on that, oh, they actually had toilet paper for six or seven months. They'd never had toilet paper for more than a month before. Now on a supply thing, I believe you should have three, six, 12 months worth of your supplies and you build it up that way, bit by bit, so that you always have it just in case something happens. And I'm not talking about a major catastrophe, but something happens, you have a supply of toilet paper and other essentials such as that. Let's look at your skills. How many of you can say you have every skill you need? I don't think there's anybody out there who has every skill they need. They may have every skill they want, or they may perceive they have abundance of skills, but 
you might have some deficiencies. In the same hand, you may think you're deficient in your skills, but you really have abundance of knowledge. You just haven't had time to put it to use yet. So what are the solutions? Let's start with your skills. One of the best ways to become abundant in your skills is to gain knowledge. Yes, you need to read about the knowledge, you need to listen about the knowledge, you need to think about the knowledge, but more so you need to use that knowledge. Even if it means you have to create an experiment or mock situation in order to use the skills you're learning. Sometimes when we're reading so much and we're trying to absorb information, we stick that information in our brain and then when it's time to use it, we don't remember where we found it from. By creating these experiments, you get to see if something works or not and then guess what? You gain more knowledge. You gain more abundance inside your brain. It may sound silly, but here we do it all the time. Just the other day, as we were closing up one of our garden beds, we decided, wouldn't it be great if we could take some of the hot manure from the barn and put it straight into our garden and by the next year be able to grow in it? We've read a lot of different things. We've seen a lot of different YouTubes, but we've never done it. We know what other people have done and haven't done, but we have never done it. And until you actually do it yourself, it's theory on if the way you're going to do it will work or not. So what we did is that we had this partial bed. We put the hot manure into it. If you don't know what hot manure is, it's in our case, it's cow manure that's coming out of the barn. That is cow manure, aka poop and hay. And it's hot as in it is steaming because it is hot because it's breaking down. You can't grow anything in it. You don't want to grow anything in it and it stinks. We did a layer of that on top of one of the beds that was half filled. And then we put wood chips on top of it. And then we covered it in plastic. No, I don't like to use a lot of plastic around our world, but it's plastic we've had, so we're reusing it. Our idea and our experiment is that the heat from it sitting from now until spring will make it so that that bed breaks down completely. We'll be able to turn it very simple with a fork. Any seeds or weeds will have literally burnt up. As it cools, good bugs will be coming up, worms and such. And next year we will have a great bed. We don't know if it's going to work. If it works, we will have a new bed for growing next year without us doing anything but what I just described to you. If it doesn't work, we'll either have to put chickens into the area to help dig it up. We've done that before and it has worked. Or we're going to have to wait another year. Either way, it will be a win-win. We're not going to count on it for next year but we've gained a lot of knowledge. First of all, we didn't realize how heavy it was gonna to be to do this. Second, we didn't realize how hot as in steamy it was gonna be. And lastly, 
we didn't realize how easy it was going to be. So any knowledge you're learning, instead of storing it all in your brain for later, start experimenting. Even if it's on a a small, small scale, start experimenting because as you do, that knowledge you're learning that is a little deficient, start becoming a little more abundant because you are physically doing that skill and it's soaking in and you're gaining more information and more knowledge. One more thing about skills, share them. Share your skills with somebody else. Even if they don't do it how you do it, or you don't do it like they do it, or you both think you're crazy for the way you're doing it, share your knowledge. Because when you share your knowledge, you get to learn from somebody else, but you also get to learn from yourself when you realize what you're actually doing versus doing it, you're telling somebody what you're doing. So with your knowledge, share it, share it, share it for more abundance for your skills. And lastly, solution, food. We talk about food a lot on this podcast because after all, it is about food and freedom. And the only way we're going to become free is if we have control of our food and we decentralize it. But let's start with one teeny, teeny, tiny thing. And I repeat the same thing in many different podcasts, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Stop eating all that processed food. Start reading what's on the back of your containers in the ingredients. You will start seeing more and more ingredients that start with may contain bioengineered ingredients. If you can just get away from processed food, one processed food at a time, you will become healthier very quickly. You will have less money going out. Now, you may think that box of ding-dongs is cheaper than that bag of potatoes, because it is. That box of ding-dongs isn't going to give you the nutritional value that those potatoes will. And in the long run, you will become sick. So get rid of the processed food. Pick one at a time and just get rid of them. Of course, you can start growing some of your own food. You can talk to farmers who grow food and buy it that way as well. The closer you get to nature for your food, regardless of where you live, the better off you will be for abundance in your nutrition and in your body. And the more nutrition you have in your body, in your brain, well, then you get to do a lot of other things that you may never have thought you could do. One, your brain power goes up, your health goes up. You start feeling freer because you're not bogged down in your body of all that synthetic junk. Yeah, a lot of it may taste good, but it's kind of like, do you want to eat that junk and be sick or do you want to eat something good and feel good? 
And lastly, for abundance, I want each and every single one of you remember that you are a smart human being. If you weren't, you wouldn't be on this journey to living a better life. You wouldn't have your eyes wide open to the world being as crazy as it is. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in the spirit around you. And always find abundance at every place you go. Thank you for listening to Food Plus Freedom Solution Podcasts. You can email us at support at foodplusfreedom.com. And don't forget to visit our website, foodplusfreedom.com, and sign up for our free newsletter. This is Janet Davis. Remember, whoever controls your food and supplies controls you. Until next time, grow food, buy local, be free. Now for the tip of the day. Do you know the difference between sprouts and microgreens? Yes, both of them are seeds that are planted that you grow for three to 10 days and you eat them. They're very nutritious, they're great to grow inside, and they're easy to do. Sprouts are normally done in water or by spraying with water or pouring water in a jar and dumping it out. But the main thing is that you're going to eat the entire growth that you have. You're going to eat the leaves, you're going to eat the stems, you're going to eat the roots. There's nothing left when you eat them. Microgreens, on the other hand, are normally grown in some sort of tray. It can be a 5 by 5 tray, it could be a 10 by 10 anything that will hold water. And it's in soil. And you put seeds all the way across that soil, very, very close to each other, and you let them grow. And then you cut them and you eat the tops. It's very nutritious and it's a good way to grow food in the wintertime. But did you know on some microgreens, especially peas, if you leave a couple leaves when you do your cutting to eat, they will grow back. You do lose nutritional value for every time you cut them, but you're still getting more and more food from the same plant without having to start over and you're getting food in a winter time or when you can't grow outside. Well, now you know. Enjoy. Enjoy.